Did you know that podcasting is the new gold rush? Companies like Apple, Google, and Amazon certainly know that it is, and that's why they're wanting more podcast shows from interesting and beautiful souls just like you. Christine Blasdale is the author of the number one Amazon bestseller, Your Amazing Itty Bitty Podcast Book, and she wants to help you get your very own podcast out into the world. So to book a free podcast strategy session with Christine, visit christineblasdale.com. Again, that's christineblasdale.com and schedule a consultation. And trust me, you'll be happy that you did. Welcome to Out of the Box with Christine, the podcast for conscious folk. I am your host, Christine Blasdale. This program is intended to bring you a fresh perspective on this thing we call life. And in each and every episode, we're going to dive into the topics that matter most with lively conversations on issues such as business, health, wealth, love, and transformational healing, all with the goal of creating a better world and becoming a happier human being. I will be your tour guide on this epic adventure, and as we embark on this journey, our ultimate goal is going to be one of transformation to our highest potential. And now, let's get out of the box. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Out of the Box with Christine. I am your host, Christine Blasdale, and uh, oh, we've got a great show for you today. Thank you for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, welcome. And if you're listening to this, please do, uh, please do make sure that you share this information if you find it useful, and I know that you will. My guest today is none other than Alan Hirsch. He is an executive leadership advisor and host of the AHA business podcast, which you can find on all of your preferred platforms for podcasts. And actually, I met this gentleman at a, at a networking, online networking event. I'm in Australia. He's on the East Coast in the United States. And there was all these amazing, amazing women that were in this network, networking meeting. And Alan just, oh my gosh, Alan, you just popped out at me. I loved your energy. I loved who you were. And so I had to have you on the show. So welcome. Well, I, I still am. I just wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> who Welcome I was out of the box. Anyway, but uh, it's my pleasure to be here and thank you very much for having me you know out of the box with Christine it's really it's the podcast for conscious folk but it's really focused towards conscious entrepreneurs and right now obviously we are facing an interesting uh interesting time where we may have to rethink our business rethink the way that we have been working in the world and living in the world and for our audience, I want them to get a little bit of a background of how you became, well, first of all, how you became an executive leadership advisor, but also how right now, because I know you've had to pivot, you've had to change up what you've been Absolutely. doing. Absolutely. Talk about that. Uh, well, you know, when you, when, you, when you do what I do, uh, you, you start by why you do what you do. And I believe in making a difference in people's lives. And I like to work with CEOs and business owners, helping them find a better way to run their business. Mm -hmm. um, and Mark Twain said, the definition of insanity is when people do the same thing over and over again, and expect different results. Right. So when you think that way, uh, and you, you're trying to find different results, you've got to think outside the box. Mm 
you've got to think differently. As Apple's, Apple's logo is think differently. They challenge the status quo every single time they do something. So as I go through life and work with, with my clients, uh, I do the same thing. I try to think outside the box for what will help them as they move forward. And in the corona virus time frame, I was on local radio in Baltimore, Maryland. Oh, I, I like Baltimore. Use, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I didn't use Zoom. I would travel to people's offices. We'd meet in groups. Uh, they'd all travel a half an hour as I would do each way, uh, which was a waste of time. Yes. <laughs> valuable and time. A va absolutely valuable time. It'd be a two-hour meeting or a three-and-a-half-hour meeting, and they, they would be driving an hour to get there. So once we did the, the, the Zoom, uh, these Zoom meetings, uh, which I know you do because you're doing the uh, video on Zoom, which I do on my podcast, uh, it's, uh, it changes the, the dynamic. So I literally thought outside the box. It was a small radio station. I had up to 2,500 listeners. So I decided to convert to podcasts and do my business on Zoom. And lo and behold, uh, in first week in June, I did my first podcast. Uh, and already I'm reaching out to your podcast host in Australia. And I got you on, you know, we're, we're going to exchange podcasts with each other. We're guest swapping. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, but I do that not only with me, but with all, all with my clients. Uh, one of my, one of the things I also did, I looked at uh, an, an appointment uh, uh, calendar website so that I didn't go back and forth for 10 times trying to set appointment dates. Uh, I don't do that for the rate for the podcast, but I do for everything else. And last, last Thursday, today was empty, almost empty. Today I had seven meetings. <laughs> so, I know so, how you feel, man. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, uh, especially when you can just send them a link because I do coaching. I do podcast coaching and media coaching. And instead of going back and forth with the bloody emails and this uh, time and that time, Excuse me. I don't know if I can say no, that. You, but... Of course you can swear. Go ahead. Be a sailor. It's okay. But it's so much easier now just to send them the link and it, and it has my available times. It's, and that's it no conflict of, you know, uh, of time schedules or anything like that. And it sends them an invite automatically. I, I, I love technology when I understand it. I, I love it. Well, I, I don't understand it that much. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I don't know how much, how old you are and I'll never ask, but uh, I'm in my seventies. Oh, wow. You're just starting. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yes, I'm just starting. I've been doing this for uh, almost nine years. Uh, and I had old career careers before this, but the uh, uh, but I'm technically I mean I hire someone to come in and edit my podcast because that's and cause it, it and send it, it to be a my pain in the butt. <laughs> I, I mean I don't spend the time doing that because I don't know what I'm doing. Well, and you folk here's the other thing, and this is something that a lot of entrepreneurs maybe don't get in the beginning, but when you when you've done it enough. 
you know you're smart enough to say, this is what I'm really good at and I'm going to focus on what I'm really good at and what I need. And there's other people who are experts in that. I'm going to use them so that I can be more productive and do more of what I'm really good at. Absolutely. When, you know, I have a client that installs doors in commercial properties and door frames. That's all he does. And when I came work, began to work with him 10, uh, for, I guess, five, six years ago, uh, he, did, he went out in the field when they got busy. So he'd have three, four months of good sales and then three, four months of no sales. No, oh. three, four months of good sales. And he did this for 10 years. And what I, because he came out of the U.S. military as a sergeant. Wow. When you are in that position, you lead in the field. Yeah. You lead by example. Yeah. Well, in business, you don't lead by example. You lead by example, but you don't do it by example. <laughs> you have other people do it. <laughs> you have other people do it. So I had him uh, hire someone to do his estimating, hired a field supervisor, hired someone to do the bookkeeping. And you can trace it with some of the tools I use that uh, his, his business is four times now what it was. Yeah. And his profits are even higher than that. Yeah. So he, it's transformed him. So you have to run your business not work in it. Exactly. And rely on those people that are experts in their field. You know, I needed, uh, recently I needed a, a branding video. I needed um, like a 15 or 30 second, a bite-sized branded video to showcase just, and just doing a general one for my speaking and for my coaching. And, you know, I can do these videos for the podcast. I'm okay with that. I can edit and do some graphics and things. And I can, I'm okay in Canva, but I am not a, um, a video editor where I have all these resources and the skill set to put it together and make it look really good so that when you watch it, you go, I just want to know who she is. I want to, I want to know more about her. I want to talk to her. And so I outsourced that to a young lady here in, uh, well, in Sydney, Australia, and she did an amazing job. And it was like that investment of, you know, a few hundred dollars is going to net me, is going to bring me more clients and more attention because I didn't try and control it and try to do it myself. I knew I needed to outsource that. And I knew yeah, yeah, it's like if my car breaks down, I'm not going to try and fix it, okay? I, I don't know anything about a three-quarters no, wrench or, no. Yeah. You, you don't. You, uh, you need to know what you can do, what you can't do. Yeah. And even if you can do it, should you be doing it? Right. I mean, I have a client in, in, in a small town here in Maryland that uh, bills out himself at $300 an hour. He was doing 10 hours a week of bookkeeping. Now, you figure that out, he can pay $30, $40 an hour for a state-of-the-art bookkeeper. Yeah. But he's paying $300 an hour. Yeah. Not only is he paying, was he paying $300 an hour, he was losing another $300 an hour because he couldn't do what he normally did. 
So it was costing him, you know, almost $600 an hour to do his bookkeeping. That's outlandish. It's absolutely foolish, but he never looked at the dollars. Right. He never looked at the investment. And he now has more time. He's, he's uh, staged his growth. He didn't want to grow too fast. He staged a 10 to 20% growth each year. And he has now time for his family. Isn't that lovely? Isn't and, that lovely? And that's, you know, one thing I do in my uh, coaching and leadership advising is I like to know what, they, what they're doing in their personal lives. What's I mean, important I to them? What yeah. is important to them? I got myself involved with a insurance agency here in town in Baltimore. And when I walked in, one of the first things I did, uh, he said, I have a, he, I walk in, he says, I have a dilemma. The, the national organization I work for uh, wants me to expand to another city in Baltimore, in Maryland. So, and I've been working six months on it with my attorneys and my accountant. What do you think I should do? I said, I have no idea. But... <laughs> What do you want to do? You started this 12 years ago or 10 years ago at the time. You started it 10 years ago. How many hours did you start that program and how long did it take you to get to where you are today? And he said 80 to 100 hours a week. I said, do you want to do that again? You have a family now. I said, don't you'll make never any, see them. <laughs> you'll, you'll never see them. But that's a decision you and your wife have to make. Yeah. Your wife works with you. Talk to her about it. Don't take my, you know, talk to her about it. Figure out what you want to do. Right. What's important so we, to you? Because you could work all day, all night. Uh, and, and a lot of people do. But then you, then you have to expect that there's going to be some things that fall by the wayside because you're not there with your kids, you know, uh, you're not there at dinner time, maybe uh, you're not there with your spouse. And so those things will be, they'll be reflected in your life as well. Right. And, and you'll miss out on your kids growing up. Yeah. The kids weren't born when he started. So ah. they were both under 10 years old. So did you, do you want to spend time with them and watch them grow up? Or do you want to be, you know, working and all of a sudden you turn around and, you know, in 20, in 20 years, your kids are grown and you weren't there for them. Right. So he sat and went, and went back and talked to his wife and he said, no, after spending six months with attorneys and accountants, he said, you're right. I need a quality of life. Mm. But the irony is a year later, the corporate came out with, came back to him with a proposal that they would guarantee the first year and a half startup funding. So he didn't have to sell as much as he did before. He could bring in a salesperson from his first location to the second location and he had all the overhead covered. So it worked out, it worked out better for him. He didn't, he didn't have to work harder 
He didn't have to work harder. He worked smarter. Correct. Yeah. And sometimes those things happen. And he, he now has these two offices. Yeah. Uh, and again, he didn't think outside the box. Uh, he was very upset uh, about four months into the new, new business when he hadn't, been re hadn't reached any of his goals. So I said, what are your goals? And he was telling me the number of insurance policies. Well, they were much lower. So I said, what'd you do in dollar volume? Why do we consider, I said, isn't that really what everyone looks at in the end? Not the number of you know, automobile insurance policies, but the total dollars that you bring in. He never thought of it that way because where he originally was, was automobile policies. Where he's now located was corporate policies. So his dollars were above target. So you have to think about these things, think outside the box, not the normal things that you think about when you're running a business. Well, and thinking out, you know, speaking about thinking outside of the box, I know we had talked briefly, you were, um, you know, you were a radio host. And then with this whole COVID, you had to sort of rethink, you know, pivot and, and change up a little bit as well with your own business as an executive leadership advisor, you switched to doing podcasts. And, and I want to, cause I, I, I have so many uh, clients that I coach that are in one particular business and I encourage them to start a podcast so that they can do the audio podcast and get out and be heard by other people, get new clients from that, but also to do the YouTube videos because, you know, YouTube is, hello, it's like the second largest search engine in the world. And it's owned um, by the first largest. And it's owned by the first largest, exactly. <laughs> but can you I mean, talk, uh, talk about how your business has changed since you uh, created uh, the podcast? It, it's amazing. Uh, I'm getting involved in, uh, well, I met you on an international uh, uh, networking event with Zoom. Uh, I did all personal networking. I was out every, almost every night networking locally. I sit here and I go to, uh, uh, this was a women's prosperity network where we, you and I met. Uh, and it's, it was wonderful. Uh, I met a couple, several people at that uh, event. Uh, and I hope to go to more of them. Uh, but you, you, you never think of where you're going to go, but where you're going to take it. But once you make those changes, it changes what you're doing. And uh, I had to, I mean, I had to, one, I had to think outside the box to do it. I've, I was first approached by a podcast when I went on the radio show business six and a half years ago. And I wasn't gonna do any traveling. Now I still don't have to do any traveling. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I have less travel to do. I can sit in my home and do three, three appointments in a morning where I might have been able to do one or two. <clears throat> because it takes me a half an hour to 40 minutes to get to East Baltimore, an hour to get over to Columbia, Maryland. There's your morning. And I still have to get home. 
<clears throat> and I can do uh, three meetings, you know, in the same time frame. So I can expand my market, expand the dollars. And uh, uh, I had never done Zoom until five months ago. I didn't know what Zoom was. It's been very helpful. And the beautiful thing too is that it's recorded for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> and, and, and for your you client know. and for your client right. as well. Yeah. Uh, and it goes up on YouTube. So it's on video. Uh, all my, all my old radio shows are going up as podcasts. Uh, of, there are 350 some odd shows. Been doing it six and eight, six and a half years. So you are, so you are a genius at repurposing content, which is another thing I try to get through to my clients is that you have the ability to take, a, you know, your idea, your passion, whatever it is that you're an expert in. And, and it can, it doesn't have, to, you can be an expert in law. You can be an expert in uh, uh, motivational speaking. You can be an amazing mom who knows how to take care of, you know, how to feed a family of four for, you know, a, a budget, but then you can take that podcast show and you can repurpose it into a blog, into a book, into a workshop, into a webinar. And that's the smart way. That's the way to work smarter, not harder. You have so much content, hours and hours and hours of content that Absolutely. are, that are books I mean, and, and courses and everything right there. And I record, I record at the station record every one of my radio shows. Uh, and I kept them. I own the rights to them. So I can put them up uh, as we get go through the time frame. Get them up on the uh, 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 podcast channel or channels, so people can listen to them any time of the day or night. They had to listen to the radio show at that given time, and it's changing uh, what I'm doing. It's 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 a miraculous. And uh, I, I wish I'd have done this earlier. Well, and, and an example too is that in your the you know previous pre podcast days, you were only able to reach a certain audience, a certain group of people within your demographic, right? And now you're reaching people that are in Australia, that are you know all over the world. Whereas I before it was just in your little area there in in Maryland. Well, I interviewed someone in China for a uh, for as a coach. It didn't work out because of the time difference, but uh, at least I'm reaching, the people are reaching me. Uh, I've gotten a lot of people uh, from around the country that I would concentrate in Baltimore to be on my podcast. It's, it's a lot of fun. I, I like doing the podcast because it's providing information and knowledge to business owners so they can make better decisions. You know, the, the more you know, the better decisions you can make. What I find too is that uh, instead of you going out and as a as an entrepreneur, you going out and trying to find trying to trying to sell, trying to find a client and say, you know, trust me, I'm great, I'm wonderful, you need to work with me. When they when they hear you already on a podcast or they follow your podcast, they are already getting to like you. They're getting to know you. You're part of their collective, their family, and so when they do make that call or that they write that email, they're already sold on you. They already want to work with you, want to know you better. So it's so much easier when you talk to them and you schedule that. I do a strategy session with people. I do a, 
a, a complimentary strategy session because I need to know what they're about and what they want. And at that point, they're contacting me because they are already interested. So right. it's so much easier to get a, a client and work with them when they coming to you instead of you going to them. Oh, ab- absolutely. And uh, uh, it's, it, it's drawn clients to me locally when I did the radio show. But uh, I anticipate uh, more and more clients the longer I do the podcast and uh, work on doing the podcast with uh, all kinds of uh, national and international guests, that they're going to see that we do, we do a great job and uh, they'd be interested in talking to me. Well, it's also, it's a, it's a fancy commercial <laughs> for you. This is why I'm telling everybody, I'm like, please, you really need to consider doing a podcast because nobody is going to know how talented you are it, whatever it is, if you're an actor, or you're like I said, if you're a speaker or a coach or a consultant, nobody is really going to know how amazing you are and want to sign up with you if you're, you know, in a basement, uh, you know, just plugging away. You need to get out there. And for me, I had talked to you earlier about this. I'm an old radio hound of, oh my goodness, 20 years, almost 20 years being uh, in radio. Before that, I was a writer for America Online. So I never had my face on camera. It was always behind the mic or behind the copy, right? I would let my writing uh, speak for me. But after being so many years, almost two decades in radio, I had to make that leap. I had to make that jump and have my own podcast show, but have the video component. And I know you've spoken to guests as well about the importance of video. Please tell our listeners, and our viewers about why you need to get on video for your business. Well, first of all, uh, my understanding is when you see, when you're watching video, uh, it's video is a multiple dynamic, multiple dynamic information source. You hear it, you see it, you're involved with it. People tend to remember 90% of what they see on video when they're reading or listening. They only retain 10 to 15, maybe 20% of what they're listening to. So that's number one. They want to listen to video uh, and hear video and see video. So it's a, a multiple uh, senses approach, which really builds on, on what you're trying to do. Uh, I'm trying to build uh, a capacity of working with people and by being on video, they can see me. They can see me. I can build trust if that's what they they want. I can build their respect. But just on a podcast, on even radio, it was one dimensional. And, it, and and with radio, it is it, you know with audio in general or or uh, listening on radio, it is a very intimate art form because they can't see you. So there's part of it is good because they can't judge you. They can't go, why did he wear that shirt today? And, and um, my goodness, her hair is awfully short. <laughs> right? They can't do that. But the thing is about video is that they can look into your eyes and they can see when you do a pause, a dramatic pause, if you're telling a story and you have that moment where you reflect on something that's happened to you or someone that's dear to you, they can see it, not just, hear it but they can actually see it in your eyes and i think 
that connection and connection is everything in business. And I, and I know that people, you know, they don't, a lot of people, it's about the, the, you know, the bottom line, making that sale or making that, uh, that money. But when it comes down to it is providing, yeah, you got to have that connection to somebody to provide that service. And we forget about that as entrepreneurs, that we need to focus on that connection. Well, I think it's a phony approach as an entrepreneur to think about the money. Because then you're doing, you're doing it for the money and you're not doing it for, for the real reason you're doing something, which is why you do what you do, which is the Simon Sinek basic of, of why you do what you do. And I do what I do because I want to make a difference for somebody. And I think that comes through on the podcast, when I'm meeting with people, uh, and the money comes. You don't, you don't worry about the money because it comes. Because when you sell why you do something and not what you do, you're no longer a commodity. I mean, I have a, I have a client that was a sign company. He did in business for 32 years. Went through a chapter 11, never put, never put a penny aside for a retirement account. He's in his 50s. He came to me and he wanted to know whether he should go to work for somebody or build his business up. We worked, first of all, on why he was in business and why he did what he did. And it was about building trust. He believed in trusting his customers and trusting his suppliers. And he, we, he, he, during this whole thing where we converted all of his marketing to trusting and trusting relationships, he, he texted me with a question. I have a customer with a $17,000 sign that wants delivery in 10 days. I can only deliver it in 20 days. What do I do? So I answered him. What do you think you should do? Because I don't want to answer for them. And he texted back and said, I told him the truth. I could not deliver it in 10 days. I'll give him the sign, but in 20 days. They went with somebody else. But that's not the end of the story. In 13 days, they called him. When can you have that sign for me? Because he was honest. The other people couldn't deliver. They just took the, they took the deal. They said, oh, yeah, sure, we'll get it to you. We'll get it to you. We'll find a way oh. to get it. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> no. So he built, he, on that one deal, he built a life time relationship with that customer. He got rid of the nickel and dime stuff and he tripled his business in the next three years. It's that connection. It is it's, that connection. And there's a, there's a quote. I want to um, uh, read this quote. This is from Brene Brown, who I, I, I love. Brene Brown is probably one of the best storytellers and and really that's what we're all about as human beings is exchanging stories and connecting to, to one another. And this particular quote is so powerful. It is 
it is definitely how I do business um, and life in general. I mean, relationships as well, but it's, um, this is a quote about connection. And she says, I define connection as the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard, and valued, when they can give and receive without judgment, and when they derive sustenance and strength from the relationship. And you can apply that to so much in life, but that's what we are all striving for is a connection in business and in life. Right. And if the connection doesn't, you don't work with them, you know, you're, you're there. If they need something, they'll, they'll come to you. Uh, but it's, it's about building those connections. Uh, and that's what I love. I love those connections. I love being able to treat business owners uh, uh, with respect. And some of them don't do what I, what I ask the, the questions to get them to where I think they should be. But in open-ended questions, not yes and no. And I'll tell you a story about a failure. A web guy I was working with, he was working 80 to, 80 to 100 hours a week. He did all his own, he owned the business, did all the SEO work, search engine optimization work, because he didn't trust anybody else to do it. So he wanted to grow the business and I said, before you add a salesperson, you need someone to do SEO work. So when you get the business, you can deliver it. And he went and hired a salesperson. Sales went up, profits went down. He lost both existing customers and the new customers. And he had to sell the business for pennies on the dollar. But you know, because some people are, are, and this is, he does, does the same thing. This guy did the same thing over and over again, expected different results. But you can't, you can't, you can't make those decisions for people. The only person that can change somebody is the person you're dealing with themselves. You know, uh, you can't change me. I can't change you. But in working with you, if you want to change, you can change yourself, but I can never change you. And once you realize that and have to work with people in that manner, it's, it can be great. It can be fun. I but noticed that too with, with clients. Uh, they'll come to me with the desire. They'll say, I want to do this. And I, I feel that you can help me get there. And and I can have all of the, all of the answers, all of the skills, all of the technology, all of the experience that I can share with them and say, this is the easiest way to get to where you need to go. But it doesn't, ma it doesn't matter how much skill set I have or even how much motivation I have. It has to come from them to say, yeah, you know what? I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it now. I'll do, that's my homework. Or when I, next time I meet with you, I'll make sure that I have this, you know, X, Y, Z done. I can't provide that for my clients. I can't actually go in their body and actually make them do the things. No. Uh, it has to come from them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the rewarding thing, seeing them change. 
one thing I do, both in the group meetings that I do and in the one-on-one, is I provide a sheet that uh, when we're talking about a particular, in a group, we're talking about a particular issue, uh, that person that's on the hot seat, I give them a personal action summary. So they can write down decisions they make or suggestions that other people made so they can then go back and make decisions of what they want to do based on that. And that's the accountability issue. So when I'm working a one-on-one with somebody, uh, they're writing, taking notes on this paper so that I can, and I get a copy and they keep a copy. Uh, so that that's the accountability. There's no one holding a CEO accountable for what they do. No one other than the CEO, unless they have a coach that's prepared or a leadership advisor that's prepared to hold them accountable for their decisions. And it's so important to have a mentor or coach. I, I think no matter where you are in life, it is so extremely valuable to, to have someone that can help upskill you and also hold you accountable, which is two things that I think that as entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs, especially people just now getting into their own business, they don't uh, fully understand the value, the value behind having a mentor or a coach. It's so important. It could save you so much time and energy and frustration as well. well <laughs> in my younger years, I was an athlete. Uh, a university division one uh, uh, athlete. Uh, af the greatest athletes in the world all have coaches. There's a reason for that. Michael Phelps, who's here from Baltimore, owned every record in the swimming pool. He had a coach every step of the way. Because one, you don't see yourself as other people see you. And number two, they can challenge you and hold you accountable to improve. They had coaches to take a tenth of a second, a twentieth of a second off. Every golfer has a private coach. Uh, you know, you, uh, Australian football, soccer, they're all, these all have coaches to hold you accountable. And every business owner should have some kind of a coach. It really makes sense. I agree. I agree. Not only to challenge your, uh, you know, yourself, and I like what you said, it's also to see you because a mentor or a coach might be able to see qualities in you that you didn't even realize that you had or assets that you have that you can monetize and as a as I, myself, as a as a coach with my with my podcast clients, I'll be working with them, and I, I'm an intuitive. So as I'm working with them, I'm like, you have a brilliant uh, you have a brilliant book in you, based on just your experience, your life experience. And they're like, no, nah, I don't I don't think I could write a book. That's no that you know they're they're thinking that that's for someone else that that's not for them. And I'm like, but you have something that millions of people need. And it's just having somebody actually see in you your potential. 
and 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 what is marketable and and a value because sometimes we're walking around and we don't think we have you know a lot of let's look at most of the population has a feeling that they're not worthy of success and it's not even conscious it's a subconscious mind frame maybe their parents argued over money or they said you'll never amount to anything johnny or you know and we carry around those things even if we're thinking that we of course i want money of course i want to uh you know uh, be able to take vacations with my family of course i it's those subconscious thoughts that we have and oh, sometimes emotional yeah and, and a mentor or a coach doesn't have your baggage doesn't have your childhood memories so they right. can see in you they're like you have no idea how amazing you are. <laughs> Let's right. kick you out of the world. And, and one of the things that, that so many CEOs and business owners get emotional about is they get emotional about fear. They fear the unknown. And I use the acronym false expectations appearing real. Spells fear. They're thinking false expectations appearing real. And that, well, and without someone to help them through that, they're stuck. They have expectations that might not happen. And therefore, they don't want to do anything. They're stuck. They, they, they stall. They stall. Yeah. The, yeah. the fear stalls them. And uh, they have to think, you know, through that to take the risk. And when you take risks, yeah, you can fail. But in anything, you know, failure usually results in learning about something, about yourself, about your business. And the key then is what have you done and what can you do to make it better? You know, one of the things I talk about with uh, CEOs is if an employee that you're trusting does something and fails, how do you treat them? Do you yell and scream at them? Or do you coach them through the process to help him learn how to do it next time so it's going to be successful? You, you learn by your mistakes. Well, and that's a good, that's a good manager. That's, you know, I, I've, I've worked for many different uh, organizations and companies and I'm always uh, very uh, grateful for those people who are in management positions who can see someone's talent and allow them to expand on that and allow them to, you know, to explore those things, but to give them also feedback when they go off course and not from this top-down thing of, you know, embarrassing them in front of other people or belittling them or anything like that. And when you have someone who's a really good manager, they have the ability to uplift their, the people that work, that work for them well, and everybody rises, the company rises, the organization rises when you're able to communicate, Hey, okay, maybe this isn't working. Let's see, let's fix this. Let's find ways that we can fix this so that we can all be better. Um, well, I, I love that. I just appreciate that from, from well, people. 3M, 3M is a model business that way. 
they allow every one of their employees to spend up to 20% of their time on something they're passionate about. I mean, Post-its was invented by someone at 3M. I mean, do you know the story behind it? I, th I think I heard it a while ago, a what? long time ago, but and tell the, us the Post-it story. It'll be a great way to wrap up the show. He, he was uh, an employee. He was in a uh, church choir. He, he had, you know, he put a piece of paper in something that would fall out. He put it in and it would tear the, bo the books. So he was looking for something that would go, on, go in the books, be, stick there until he was ready to take it out. It was just his personal thing with this, you know, post-it. Uh, uh, and it, he found that he worked with the glue man, the glue people, the, the size, and he came up with this little square that had uh, strong enough glue, but weak enough glue that it would stick and you tear it and wouldn't affect anything. And it's a whole industry in itself today. Huge. <laughs> Huge. I've, I've used and so many posters in my life. And it's so simple. Yeah. But it took someone who was trying to solve a particular problem, worked for another company, and he solved it. I like solving problems because it's, it may not be the post-it solution for the world, but man, it feels really good when you solve, a, a, solve when someone's you, problems too, a client's problems, it feels so good. Well, when you help, to me, when you help someone solve their problem and you watch them grow and prosper, that's what it is for me. It's helping them help themselves. And, uh, uh, that is so, re that's the, that in itself is a reward, but I'll take the money. <laughs> I love you, Alan Hirsch. <laughs> Folks, <laughs> please do check out Alan's uh, podcast. It's the AHA Business Podcast. And of course, he is an executive leadership advisor. Uh, what website, do you have a website you want to throw out to our wonderful listeners? Yes, I do. It's, it's Alan Hirsch advisorsors.com and that'll take you to the podcast as well as the uh, uh, coaching and leadership advisory uh, so please look it up it's a brand new website that just got loaded a week ago so we're going through some of the uh, gyrations uh, but yes it uh, it's uh, it and then you can reach me through that and you can reach the podcast through that as well. Awesome. And for those that are listening and, and don't see the show notes, it's Alan Hirsch, uh, the way to spell his name. And you, just, you can Google him too. It's A-L-L-A-N-H-I-R-S-H. -L -L -H. And I'll have links to everything in the show notes. And of course, on the video on YouTube, you'll be seeing the scrolls coming across with the, the web address. Alan, thank you so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure. And having this wonderful conversation. And I, okay, so in, in Baltimore, you're the place that has the, you're the place that has the soft shell crab, right? Well, we have soft shell crabs, but to me, the hard shell crabs and in pepper and spice is, is the real, real And do you have the, do you have the lobster rolls too? Well, no, that's Boston. Oh, that's Boston. Okay, screw them. <laughs> 
They're good too. Maryland uh, <laughs> crab. I just I. Maryland uh, crab. Ooh yeah. Okay. And I'm crab cake. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> Thank so you again. Thank you so oh, much. I appreciate it so, so much. And uh, listeners and viewers, please do check out Alan Hirsch. And I love the podcast. He has a new pod. He's posting like a new podcast almost like every day. So I don't know how you do this, but. Well, um, 350 of them are the radio shows. Okay. Well, there's okay. lots so of I content. Do, I, I do one podcast a week, uh, which is enough for me to do. Uh, same thing I did with the radio show. I did it once a week. And uh, uh, between that, it uh, gives people time to, uh, uh, to listen to them, adapt, and, and then listen to the next one. Well, they're, so, no, they're great. They're actually, they're, they're wonderful, wonderful interviews. And I encourage everybody to go check it out. And, and you could uh, look on Apple Podcasts, all of your preferred podcast platforms, you can find out more on the AHA Business Podcast. Alan Hirsch, thank you so much for being on Out of the Box with Christine. I love and adore you. And I can't wait to be on your show, which is going to be really soon. And I'll actually, once that's up, I'll put a link to that from on our show notes. I'll update that so that people can hear our conversation even more. Right. Well, thank you very much. It's been my pleasure. Uh, all right, darling. And thank you, wonderful listeners, for tuning in. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on your preferred platform, as well as the YouTube channel. And when you subscribe, ring that little bell, click that little bell so you can be notified. Until next time, as I always say, remember to think outside that damn box. Bye for now. Well, that wraps up another edition of Out of the Box with Christine, the podcast for conscious folk. And it has been an absolute honor being with you today. For more information on this program, please visit outoftheboxwithchristine.com. And if you'd like to book a private coaching session on how to expand your business or how to create your own podcast, feel free to contact me directly at christineblasdale.com. That's christineblasdale.com. I would love to help you navigate this journey called life. Until then, remember as always to think outside that damn box. Bye for now.